0: I'm looking forward in 2021 to not only continuing to donate to causes that I believe in but also to providing more of a platform for BIPOC voices in the dog world here on Cog Dog Radio. So stay tuned. I have some exciting news for you. I've teamed up with my friend and colleague Marissa Martino of Paws and Reward to present a three-part webinar series called The Connection Summit, Prioritizing the Human-Canine Bond for Successful Behavior Change. The series runs from February 23rd to March 9th. It airs Tuesday night each of those weeks at 5 p.m. Pacific. The first class is on the general mindset shift needed to allow focusing on the human-canine bond to facilitate behavior change. The second is all about my concept, the four steps to behavioral wellness. And the third is Marissa's six principles of relationship building for dogs and their people. So I hope you'll join us and there's a registration link in the show notes. Y'all, today I'm inviting you to join a conversation I had with my friend Daimi, James Daniel. She owns and operates Afropup dog training in Ithaca, New York, and we wanted to talk about dog body language because it's something that we're both really passionate about. She's got an interesting and unique background where she learned about body language, and I think you guys are going to be really into this conversation. Friends, I have a great, exciting episode here today. I'm here with my friend, Oludemi, and we're going to jam about dog body language.
1: Welcome to the podcast. Yay. Thanks. I'm super excited. <laughs> it's it's weird to like listen to you, which is why, to be talking to you and listening to you, because I've been listening to the podcast for so long, then I'm like, yeah, this is where the person introduces themselves. I'm like, oh, that's me. I'm the person. <laughs> <laughs> expecting
0: the next thing the next person to talk Well, I'm, I am flattered and so excited that you've been a listener for a long time will you introduce yourself
1: and share your pronouns with everyone yes so my name is Aluidami James Daniel um, and I my pronouns are she her and I've been working with dogs for a I say like a long time when I'm really just a little baby in the dog world <laughs> as far as timeline <laughs> goes. Um, but professionally I've been working for with dogs for a little over 10 years. Um, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, yeah. It's like a third of my life. So to me, I'm like I forever. <laughs> <laughs> for um, sure. I've kind of been all over the place in, as far as the industry goes. Um, Started in an animal shelter in New York City, um, switched from that to working at a dog daycare in upstate New York, from that to working on my own personal dog training business, um, and also, fair, I mean, both are pretty recent, um, working as a admin at the Inclusivity in Dog Training group on Facebook. So... Really, in the last, like, I would say three years, um, especially in the last year, I've been really putting a lot of, like, time and effort as opposed to just, like, this is a thing I think I'd like to do, but, uh, eh, nah, whatever, um, to, like, really going out and, and doing doing the work and doing the research and meeting the people and working with dogs and so forth and so on. So, yeah, it's it's definitely... I've always loved dogs. Like I literally, my mom was a teacher and we had the full Encyclopedia Britannica and she'd always get so mad because the D was always missing. And she's like, Alu, where is the value? I'm like, I was looking at dog breeds again. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Would be the kid. Like I grew up in Brooklyn. So I would be the kid walking down the street and see like a pit bull in like like super thick three inch collar with chains wrapped around them. And it would be like, hi, puppy, you're a good oh boy. <laughs> so like God loves children and foolish people. Right. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I've always loved dogs, but it's, it's really nice to have gotten to the point in my life to say like, oh, okay, this is a thing that I'm super passionate about. And this is a thing that I can do and I can, kind of juggle both as opposed to saying, well, this is something I'm super passionate about, but like, I guess I'll just keep reading about it because it's not going to go anywhere. (laughs) Sure, sure. And we had planned today to
0: talk about body language, dog body language, because you're really excited about it. And I always want to talk to people about what they are (laughs) most excited about. So why? What's so important about it to you?
1: It's just, on like the basic level, (laughs) on like the basic nerdy level, it's just really cool. (laughs) Like, just without even interacting with dogs at all, it's just fascinating. Like, I, I, you know, you could look at a clip of dogs interacting for 10 seconds, and if you typed out everything they were saying in those 10 seconds, it would be like, two and a half pages in Microsoft Word. And yeah. so I I love that. Um I started learning dog body language was kind of one of the first sort of official topics that I started really researching on my own independently when I was working at daycare because it was a room full of dogs who were all screaming at the top of their lungs about things and I'm going, I don't understand. I, I help me understand you. <laughs> yeah. Where did you first dive in on that? Because there's a lot,
0: there are a few resources, like I could name like a couple of books that I think are pretty important. Um, Did you, I mean, were you watching YouTube? Were you reading books? Were you reading ethology texts? Like what, where did you go to start to learn?
1: Um, So the first place I actually started to learn was, and this is totally backwards, the book is always first for me. I'm such a book nerd, (laughs) but first was a dog it was a dog at the shelter i worked at his name was joe he was a shepherd akita mix and he was one of the most serious dogs if even to this day that i've ever met like he wasn't uh yeah let's play he was very like good afternoon how are you do you perchance have hot dogs no (laughs) have a pleasant day (laughs) just very very official um and he had kennel cough as dogs often do when they're in a shelter. Um, and I remember I put the clavomox in his food bowl, um, and I didn't wrap it very well. And so he nibbled the cheese off and took the clavomox out and put it to the side of the bowl. And so I went, oh, okay. So I went to pick it up and this is a, this is a hundred plus pound dog. Like he was a large dog. He could have broken all of my bones. He gave me the teeniest little nip to say, hey, don't touch that. My, don't go near my food. And then he went back to eating and it was like, oh God, okay, this is, this is more than I thought um, I was getting into working at a shelter. <laughs> um, and so I was talking to a trainer who worked with Dogs at the Shelter um, and he was very much one of those people who's like, amazing with dogs and terrible with people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so he didn't have a whole lot of like really solid resources, but he was just sort of, you know, just watch them and just, just see. He's like,
0: just look at them. Yeah. And I'm like,
1: what do you mean you don't understand? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it wasn't until I got to the dog daycare that I worked at, um, that I got like a first official kind of intro, um, and that was the, uh, it's canine body language. I can't remember the author's name. I want to say it's Brenda. It Brenda Aloff. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, and so immediately it was in the office at the daycare. I'd been working there for like a week and all of the books are, you know, like fairly small. And then there's this book that's like two inches thick and I'm like, oh, I want to see it. <laughs> um, I read it cover to cover three times in two weeks (laughs) Um, because it was just so like, it was amazing and it was confusing, but also made sense. Like it was so much, what? that. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Yeah. Actually I have seen that. Well then what about this? Okay. I don't get it. (laughs) And so it's definitely, it's one of my favorite books, dog books to this day, because it's such a a wealth of information that just sort of breaks things down. But even then it's kind of like, reading a cookbook, right? Like you have all these things, but when do you get to cook? (laughs) That's actually the most perfect analogy I've heard
0: because (laughs) it is, it's exactly like that. You can read all of the body language books that you want. Um, you can read whatever cookbooks you want. It doesn't mean that you can make that meal. It doesn't mean that you can read the things in real time. I think with body language, particularly for me, um, Videos were way more helpful. Like when YouTube finally started to be a real thing, which was probably around the time that you were getting into dogs. I think YouTube is around ten years old, mm-hmm. um, which is weird to think about, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, that actually watching video and being able to slow video down. Yes, and there were and there have been some great videos that people have slowed them down for us. As well. That was just the most perfect, perfect way to put it. You're absolutely right. I think that's true of all training books. It's true of anything that's kind of a how to. Yeah. You still have to go do the thing. Yeah. So you read this book and then did you kind of try to find the same things you were seeing in the book in the daycare that you were observing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, um, having a crash course on a language and then going to the the country where the language is spoken. And you're like, (laughs) I know what car means. I know what three colors are. I know how to ask, can I go to the bathroom? (laughs) And so like things like that, where I would, you know, go into the groups and I obviously am not, there's so much that I'm not catching, but I'm like, Oh, there, those dogs were just playing. Yeah. Those (laughs) dogs are playing really hoff hard. And then one of them did like a shake off. I know what that means. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that was kind of where I started trying to do that, that translation for myself between like text and, and action.
0: And it's interesting because it is a language and being a language, nothing means the same thing all the time. Right? Yes, there's, exactly. always, there's always, you know, if we, what I like to liken a lot of body language too is, you know, I'll I like to say kind of a basic thing that people learn early is that tail wag equals happy dog.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: and what a perfect example of, well, not always. So I yeah. like to say a tail wag is like a smile. It can be yeah. a lot of things.
1: <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. And I, I tell my clients a lot that all dogs speak the same language, but they all have different accents. And so yeah. when you get a, you know, a good old boy from Georgia, golden retriever talking to, you know, like a Doberman pit mix from the city. And he's like, why are you mad? Why are you yelling at me? What's happening? I'm like, no, it's it's fine. You guys just have to figure out how to understand each other. And then, so the, the communication is difficult sometimes between wildly different breed types but it's not as nigh impossible as it feels between dogs and people.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's kind of, they get it on a level that we can't get it and they still struggle sometimes. Yes. For sure. Um, what's kind of, you mentioned a shake off and that's kind of one of my faves. That's like one of my favorite things to see and to point out, um, to people do you have any others that you would kind of call your favorite? Or we could even start with the shake off. Like I, my puppy was playing with a puppy her age yesterday. And this is the first time she's played with a puppy her age that was not her litter mate. Mm-hmm. And my puppy's an Icelandic sheepdog. And the puppy she was playing with is a flat-coated retriever. So talk about right. different languages, right? So talk yeah. about different types. Wildly different. <laughs> very, very different. And they kind of had a little moment of conflict but then they both like shook off and walked mm-hmm. down the trail, right? And it was so nice and I love that shake off moment because it's it was first described to me by um, a trainer that I worked with as a change of states. So like the dog will go from this way of being or feeling mm-hmm. or thinking to this other way kind of through that shake off. Yeah. And we kind of do it
1: too, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, mean Taylor there's... Swift has a whole song about it <laughs> right and I, <laughs> it's, it's so much like so much of dog body language when you remove the actual like the words they're saying in that body language and get to the meaning it's all stuff we do too so it's you know it's Yes. People are saying, hey, you know, well, I wanted to talk about politics stuff. And And you go, oh, man, you guys, I tried this amazing casserole recipe last week. It was so good. You don't want to talk about politics. You still want to engage with the person, though. Right. right. So-, <laughs> so you're sniffing. You're like, you're looking the other direction. Exactly. And you're
0: sniffing a little bit. Our mutual... <clears throat> Everybody's friend, everybody, someone everybody loves, Hannah Brannigan, says uh, that Facebook is her sniffing. (laughs) Yes. Right? So, like, she's working. We are all doing this, right? We're working, we're doing a thing, and then we go sniff on Facebook, or I think my favorite form of sniffing is just TikTok, just like scroll TikTok. Yes, forward. yes. And that, I'm just like so in that sense. Like that's my dog, just on a
1: trail, just nose down.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, we we do we do all of the same things they do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah, I think the shake off is definitely one of my favorite sort of like just to to observe and to see the difference. Um, the other one I would say, which is like totally on the flip side of that is a growl, which is something that's so like people are like, oh, it's, 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 I would honestly say I'd rather people believe a dog wagging their tail means they're always happy than I would people saying a dog growling is mean. Because it's like, ah, yeah. I can fix the tail wagging uh, misnomer pretty quickly going to take me a while to explain to you why your dog is growling. Yeah, and a growl is so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. It growl, it, I mean, first of all,
0: it is just like the tail wag in the sense that dogs growl in play. Yeah. They growl. Um, sometimes my dogs growl just when they're running really hard. Like right, they're, right. Like they're trying to catch the thing that's ahead of them and they, usually another dog and they start growling. And they growl when they're playing tug and they grow. I mean, when I used to run itgy and Agilities, I knew I was screwed. If I heard her growling, like, <laughs> up behind me. I knew I really needed to run faster. Yeah. But it's also, it can also be such a valuable warning.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you were saying definitely where it's not always the same. Um, It changes from, from context to context is, there's so much information that comes with that growl that is is really, really fascinating to see dogs having that level of like, all right, I got to figure out how to explain this to you. Like, I, I need some amount of space that you're taking too much up of. Um, how am I going to tell you that? And so, like, I um, I did a visit to someone's house that I'm going to be watching next week, next month. Um, And they had this super cute little, like, beagle-y thing in the crate. And she's looking in the opposite direction of me. And all I can see, like, she's this little brindle thing. And all I could see was just the ever so slight whale eye. And so it's just, Mm -hmm. like, this tiny sliver of white. And she's doing the, like, very quiet, like, Mm -hmm. mouth closed. You're making me super uncomfortable growl. Mm -hmm. And her owners were like, you don't have to do that. I'm like, she has no idea who I am. You guys haven't had anyone in the house in like a year. <laughs> it's fine. She's allowed to say, uh, who is this and why is she here? and What yeah. is going on?
0: Yeah. And in that case, I'm not even going to call it a warning. I'm going to call it like a request from her. Yeah, just, absolutely. Just, I, I don't feel safe. Right. Yeah. And I've seen so many dogs and she was in a crate. I think you said, yeah. and don't you think if she weren't, she'd be moving away from absolutely, you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Versus, you know, aggression can, you know, if we're talking about aggression on this, like, long spectrum of behaviors, growling being kind of the, at the baby, baby end of it, mm-hmm. um, what comes after that depends on so many different factors. Yes. And- I could see that dog so vividly that you were just describing even though I wasn't there because I could see that little sliver of white in her eye and I can see her tight mouth and I can see that she would like to move away but she can't.
1: Yeah. Have you yeah. ever
0: like sat down on a couch next to a dog and they growl and they get up and go to the other end? Right. Right.
1: Right. Which is like totally fair. Like, like- Sorry, dude. <laughs> like but, I, can't, I can't tell you how many buses i've been on in new york city where i'm like <laughs> dude could you not actually i'm gonna just go never mind actually exactly me pretty much anytime
0: i'm in public but i might be not as nice about it, of, or, uh, it depends on who the person is yes but yeah. you know it's usually some white dude and i'm like you're too close to me um, yes yes <laughs> Like the pandemic has proven that you're capable of being six feet away from me, so I will not forget that for the rest of you are all capable. Uh, So it's so, gosh, it's so interesting. I feel like, how do people? So some people listening, I I have such a wide um, range of really awesome listeners, right? So I have people who have been in dogs longer than i have and i have people who are kind of brand new to dogs i think the brenda aloff text which i will link you guys in the show notes is a great place to start but like what else because you sound really fluent now but you describe very vividly not being yeah yes do you feel that shelter work, daycare work. I feel like I got extremely fluent in daycare. I spent about um, six years in dog daycares. Mm -hmm. I think that's a quick way to get fluent in a lot of different things, depending also on the level of quality of the daycare, because I worked in like very, very shady daycare all the way up to like very posh. Yeah, And the posh daycare, they're literally all golden doodles and they're all sweet and like nothing is (laughs) happening. But in the shady daycare... (laughs) i mean it was like, like a good day if there wasn't blood so right we, <laughs> right so i got really really fluent. actually there yes what should people what do you think people should do like if you want to get better at this what are some things that you think people could do
1: um i would say one of the because obviously in a daycare yeah it's it's even if it is sort of you know the the quote-unquote higher end daycares <laughs>
0: want to work in a shady one just let me tell you right now (laughs) right (laughs) don't don't do that that's go go get some shelter experience instead probably (laughs) not not the shady dicker. but anyway
1: yeah um i would say one you know find a shelter near you that that is accepting volunteers and and say hey i you know i i know that you know doing a lot of hands-on stuff isn't really doable right now Is there, you know, a dog that doesn't seem to communicate with other people real well or communicate with other dogs real well until this thing happens? You know, it's they're shut down in the cage and then they come out and they're like, "Okay, cool. Um, Mm -hmm. And kind of just watch them, you know, Um, it it doesn't have to necessarily be like full on. I'm going to make this dog feel amazing about everything. It can be straight up. You're in the yard with the dog for half an hour and at some point they will eat the food that you threw at them from like 10 feet away. And that's mm-hmm. it. And that's, that's great progress. Um, Cause then a, the dog is getting socialization and interaction they mm-hmm. otherwise wouldn't be getting. Um, but you're, you're seeing kind of the, that how they're trying to communicate in that. I don't know. I'm stressed. I'm uncomfortable kind of um, situation. Um, so it's kind of a, a good thing on both ends. Um, on the flip side of that, and I know how all almost all dog professionals feel about what I'm about to say. Um, oh, I'm ready.
0: I'm ready for it. <laughs> Give it to me. I know exactly where we're going. <laughs> go to the dog park. I know. Yeah. Maybe we, don't even bring your dog. Just go. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know. I know it's and it's understandable. It's totally understandable and often correct why the dog park has this. Uh, oh God, we don't go to that part of town. Uh, belief with dog people um yeah. and a lot of it is because it's a bunch of animals in an open space who don't know how to talk to each other and so yeah. watching that and seeing i have no idea what's happening and i'm kind of not really feeling this but oh hey this dog just ran across from the other side of the yard this big Spitz, and she said bah, 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 and now the dogs are going another direction huh that was cool. I wonder why that happened. <laughs> um, yeah. Taking those little snippets of conversation out and kind of mulling them over. Sure, and
0: if you can, you know, don't just go video a bunch of people's dogs that you don't know, but um, other people do. <laughs> yes. Sue Sternberg says that to do that, and she does it all the time. Um, <laughs> you know, so whatever you use, use your own judgment, but yeah. video. <laughs> can really, really help because then you can watch it again and again and you can put it again, put it into an editor, put it into YouTube and then slow it down because everything happens really, really quickly. And one of the reasons that um, it is easier to learn a new language through written word than through spoken word is because of how much faster we speak than we write or read. For instance you know, if you use any of the language acquisition apps, they're talking slowly. Like they're yeah. allowing you to hear each piece of the word. But then you find yourself in, I don't know, the Reykjavik airport. And <laughs> you have no idea what's going on. I mean, right. is, right. Right? Exactly. because it is just this blur of words and it can be like that watching dogs too. And until you have slowed it down, and got fluent in the observation of it, you will miss it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna miss a lot of things that happen. Yeah. Um, I even have yeah. videos of interactions between my dogs and known dogs that I've taken to share with other people. And then when I'm watching it, I'm like, ooh, I missed that little moment mm-hmm. between these two dogs. And like, that's where, you know, I may have even missed why the next interaction occurred because I missed that little
1: moment. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I've had so many of those. I mean, even like, and again, like you're saying, crash course daycare, don't do this. <laughs> but we would, um, in our facility, we had cameras and there was a scuffle. And so we go back to the camera and we say, okay, so it was definitely like Bentley and Arson. that It's always Arson. He's a terrible dog. Whatever. We're going to kick him out. And you go look at the camera and you realize that Arson has been like requesting space for the last 10 mm-hmm. minutes and then someone else came over and bumped into him and he said oh you guys are pissing me off and then another dog came over and said why are you so mad and then arson said okay i hate everybody yeah. <laughs> so yeah
0: trigger for arson i can relate to white right? like when i snapped at this poor woman in the airport because Because,
1: well, because we were late and I was stressed about it. (laughs) Yeah, I remember you talking about that too. And I remember like, I was listening to it on the bus and it was so much like, oh my God, I have to, I I 110% identify with this. And because I'm also doing public transportation, it's making me anxious. And I know she would understand the fact that I'm not going to listen to this anymore right now. (laughs) Yes, because
0: it's, it's hard on us and it's hard on them. To be in tight spaces for prolonged periods of time, which is one reason that maybe dog parks are actually superior in some cases to dog daycare. Um, I think that's a whole other Oprah. Yes. (laughs) We could probably just tear that apart. Forever. (laughs) But but the fact that um, basically, because I've been to dog parks, there's my confession, that are huge yes and wide open and there's no gate that everybody's congregating at yeah and I feel so good about those yeah like actually I think they're great for the for most you know for so many people because you're there for like you know I don't know half an hour an hour you're not there for six hours right and everybody has space to move around when you start to have a problem is when there's a gate that all the dogs are congregated at or it's just literally a patch of dirt yeah, that we're all just shoved
1: into. Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing to be interested in. There's nothing to say, yeah. okay, I am going to go sniff this thing. So you ease off, you turn the mm-hmm. corner and you bump into another dog. So yeah, definitely. I think that that space thing is really helpful. And I, you know, it's, I know there's, um, oh God, what's the name of the app? Um, it's like Airbnbs, but for dogs. Oh, the snip, um, snip yes, yes, snip yeah. Um, and so I've read in some you know, like New York City or or metropolitan areas where people will go together and say, All right, it's going to be me and Melissa, and um, I think maybe John is coming. All of our dogs know each other. Let's go and rent this space for a, a day. I'm well, not a day, that'd be way too long,
0: <laughs> but for no, it's great, right? Yeah. Then you can. Yeah. And that's kind of what I, I am very lucky to have really access to really nice off leash spaces, but that's kind of what I'll do is like, I know that my dogs, like I know people who I'd love to go on a walk with who my dogs are not compatible with their dogs. So we don't, Um, then you can really select groups that are compatible and kind of do that. And you were saying something that made me think um, you, you said something really smart, which is that, when you put all the dogs in one space and the only interesting thing in that space is each other, that's kind of a recipe for disaster. Yeah, absolutely. And i that's public transportation versus like an art museum. Right, yeah. It could be the same amount of people in a semi-small, especially if it's like a new exhibit and everybody's kind of shoved in there. Which I feel that we're all just that much more averse to this idea. Right. I don't go back to all just sharing the same air. Right. Um, and but if we're all in there looking at stuff and doing stuff, there's a lower possibility for conflict.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so
0: we could probably facilitate better experiences for a lot of our dogs by just making sure that they're in enriched environments together rather than blank kind of sterile environments together.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, there was something ahead. else you said earlier, I'm trying to remember. Oh, as far as um, like spaces that are, are safe-ish <laughs> because obviously there's always some yeah, level safe-ish. of like, all right, we know all these dogs and oh, didn't consider how much trigger right. stacking was gonna happen. And now right. these two dogs are mad at each other. Um, but it's looking at videos of litters of puppies that are still with mom, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because those are just so invaluable because a, you understand body language almost as well as the puppy does, right? Like no, (laughs) no one knows what they're saying to each other. Um, but at some point mom, or, you know, if there's another dog, an adult dog present that the breeder knows is comfy with puppies is going to get up and say, Hey kids, no, we're not doing this anymore. All right. Come okay. on. Um, right. And there's um, Karen Hinchy has uh, breeds to nooks and mm-hmm. she posted this amazing video of one of her older, older, retired girls um, with a litter of puppies. And so the older girl is up on an ottoman and the puppies are like, yeah like seven, six, seven weeks. So they're still in that like drunken college boy level of yeah. being able to walk um and so they go over to her and they're doing all of the like hey hey pay attention to me hey come on um and she's doing super super slight like if you aren't looking at her face you're not gonna see the a tiny little lip wrinkle and the like ever so slight lip lick um and then eventually they get annoyed enough she gets annoyed enough with them that she gives a like a small correction, just an itty bitty mm-hmm. little air snap. Um, mm-hmm. and two of the puppies went, on mm, I don't know. And the rest went, oh, ooh, that's exciting. And then she just got up and left. <laughs> and so that yeah. was so much like I wa I watched the video so much. But it was just so cool to see that level because I feel like as humans, we instinctively want to be like, did you just sass me little puppy? What did you say? And so now we're doing, we're yelling and the puppy's like, yes, we're, we're amplified. This is great. This is exactly where I wanted. Where she went, I'm just going to go because that's that's how I'm going to tell you that I don't want you to do this uh-huh. anymore. You didn't listen to anything else. So now you don't get to have my space. And so breeders are always super happy to gab about their puppies. <laughs> and so if there's a breed that, you like, or even a breed you're already familiar with. So I already know kind of the like, all right, I grew up with border terriers. So I know that this border terrier litter is going to be a bunch of bouncy, growly, mm-hmm. I stole this thing and ran away dogs. <laughs> um, having that level of some fluency or even just like not a breed that's opposite of what you've always known or always had and say, Hey, this is something I'm really interested in. Are there any videos you have? Um, or do you know any breeders who do have them? I've never met a breeder who was already who was already really animated and vocal about the breed um, and about um, its relationship with people who didn't then say, when I asked for more uh, resources and they were like, yeah, nah. <laughs> and I'm sure they're out there, but like not a lot of them. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say if you breed a litter, you're pretty
0: into the thing, like mm-hmm. you're pretty into what you're doing because it's just. So much work, right? And I think what you were saying is really important because some of the best body language that I have gotten to observe, or basically some of the clearest communication, is from my older dogs towards puppies. Mm -hmm. Specifically, my 12-year-old girl, Iggy, is kind of a genius with them in the sense that if they're obnoxious, they're invisible, Mm -hmm. if they're polite she'll talk to them and then if they are really rude like they jump on her or bite her she is she's gives a very swift very clear harmless correction to them like she's she's never once sent a puppy screaming Mm -hmm. I think that's inappropriate I don't want to see an adult dog do that to a puppy yeah um but she definitely, they definitely like flattened. They're definitely like, whoa, di- yeah, whoa, absolutely. Whoa. So it's kind of like when my mom used to be like,
1: <laughs> you get the look better, from across the room, like, knock
0: it out, yeah, or like you got the middle name that came out or something. <laughs> I mean, yes, woo, yeah. Um, <laughs> and we actually knew that we were safe from physical harm, right it was still really clear. Yes, that there yeah. was a line that wasn't to be crossed, right? And so I think what everything I've learned about facilitating good puppy behavior comes from them because what we do, like they're jumping on us and they're biting at us and we're trying to like do something to yeah. make them stop, but that's that thing where if you escalate, yeah. they kind of kind of like it. Yeah. They kind of think it's fun and exciting. Exactly. Um, like those it's still it's still really mainstream I think to yelp when puppies bite you I don't know about you but
1: like the kind of dogs that I usually have <laughs> just get really into that yeah, yeah. I think it, it's definitely one of those like it will work for some puppies mm-hmm. um, usually I in my experience it's usually like bird dog breeds or sight hounds or mm-hmm. like molossers like all dogs are very much like i love you and i just want to do the thing that you want me to do as yeah. opposed to like terriers or herding dogs who are like that's funny right. <laughs> right god forbid something bred for bite sports
0: and you just <laughs> yes hopefully if you have that thing you're already teaching it what to bite and when um... Right. <laughs> <laughs> um that was a really that was really smart to talk about litters and to talk about um, the adults around the puppies and I love watching like you said like an adult that's in the litter that's maybe not even their mother but is just teaching them so much and yeah they're learning so much and there are parts of now we're gonna get into like what parts of language are innate and what parts are learned and I was just listening to something about this that wasn't specifically about dogs, but it's basically, it's kind of the difference is that we we are set up to have the language, but we're not born with it. So that's kind oh, of like yeah. human beings. Human beings are set up to be verbal and to learn to speak. Right. We still have to be taught, say, right. English. Right. Um, so it's kind of the same with dogs. Like they're set up to communicate with each other like this, but they still need to like refine it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I really like that. And especially in that, that learning, you know, there's the, the kind of, there's the socialization windows, quote unquote, um, different podcast, different story. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, that, that level of figuring those, those nuances out, um, is really interesting. And like, I think about, um, when I worked at the daycare, I developed a, like, puppy kindergarten program, and so all of the, and, like, it was a month-long program, and at the, the last week, um, they would start getting introduced to adult dogs, um, mm-hmm. and we would pick always, like, 75% dogs who, like, were, like, oh, a puppy, that's cool, okay, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and then, like, 15% dogs who were like, "Oh my god, a puppy. This is amazing." And then the 10% dogs who were like, "Get out of my face. Mm-hmm. I am not mm-hmm. interested." <laughs> um and so like I think about the dogs that we had that were really really good with the puppies and they were all dogs that other dogs already liked. And I think that's really interesting where it was like there was this, I don't know, she's a generic American brown dog. Um and dogs always adore her and but she also is almost never involved in any sort of in like altercation so like what is it um and it's she's so so good at teaching dogs when she wants space and when they should also ask for it um, to the point where, like, we could tell dogs who were in the same play group as her because they sneezed more during play. Like, well, they learned that from Sophie. So. Wow. wow. So, yeah. That's
0: fascinating. Um, I love, you developed a puppy kindergarten where you actually introduced adult dogs at the end.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That is so fantastic to me. I have been kind of crying about the fact that <laughs> puppy kindergarten the biggest, to me, the issue, dog, as far as the dog-to-dog socialization that's occurring, is it's puppy-to-puppy. Yeah. And neither of them know anything.
1: Yeah, which is great, like, cute. Yeah, you guys go play connects and build, like, generic things, but also you're (laughs) literally never gonna go anywhere if you just sit in a room with your friends and, like, yeah, build silly looking Legos together. <laughs> so yeah And at least you're
0: building Legos again, enriched environment. Yeah. Even for puppy kindergarten would be is a very good idea. But you know, watching my puppy play with the other puppy yesterday, I was like, Yes, and here's where I want her most of her experiences to actually be with adults. Yeah. Because they're both really different and they're both trying to treat each other like each other's litter mates.
1: Yeah. And both
0: of these litters acted completely different because they're flat coats and Ices, Right. And the adults are, are so perfect for it. I think like the ideal situation is you've got a few puppies and then you've got a really savvy adult yeah. like Sophie, like that brown dog yeah, um, in there. But people freak out about adults and adult dogs and puppies. And they say, well, I don't know any, you know, adult dogs that are good with puppies, but you just said that you pick dogs that are good. Yeah. And not good. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously you're trying, obviously you're stacking the deck in your favor as far as safety goes. And I'm sure you're taking whatever precautions necessary, but I think it's important for puppies to be around all kinds of adult dogs. Yes. Yeah. Not just super nice ones, not just sweet golden retriever mama that
1: lays down for them. Right, right. Exactly. (laughs) And so like my, um, I have, so I have three dogs. Um, I have 14 year old Yorkie Velociraptor mix. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a nine-year-old Wind Sprite and I have a eight-month-old Wind Sprite. Um, And the nine-year-old Wind Sprite, when we were developing the puppy kindergarten, we called the puppy matron because Mm -hmm. she's literally maybe 22 pounds. Like you blow in her direction and she falls over like so light framed and um, origami-esque. And... (laughs) I have brought her into puppies who were like, I want to jump on you. And she, exactly like you were saying with Iggy, like she's, she's not gonna hurt them. She's not going to like make them terrified of interacting with dogs ever again, but she's going to make it real clear. Don't do that again. And Mm -hmm. and it was really, really good, I found, to have her, especially with dogs who were going to grow up, to be larger than her because they really quickly got that understanding of, like, oh, so last week you didn't want me to hang out with you. And two weeks later, I'm almost as big as you, and you still don't want me to hang out with you. Maybe it's not a size thing. Maybe it's not like, oh, small dogs are puppies, so I can play with them. And so you see them kind of paying more attention to the body language as opposed to like oh i'm an eight week week old golden retriever and you're a like six year old chihuahua so you must be a puppy <laughs> um yeah. and paying attention to to those sorts of things um and yeah it's it's invaluable like tax write-off levels of invaluable to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to have a dog mm-hmm. who's super fluent in that around puppies for sure
0: It is. And if you didn't, you know, circling back to our, our topic here, if you didn't understand body language on the level you do, you might be uncomfortable with
1: an adult dog correcting a puppy appropriately. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because it looks scary. It looks like all the things we've been told to not do with the puppy. (laughs) And so (laughs) you're like, oh, but I'm not supposed to, but also that dog is now standing on the puppy and yelled at it. And the puppy is flat on the floor and doesn't know what to do i what i don't understand (laughs) but yeah it's all those nuances that we're not getting that we're never gonna get like even someone who's like never yeah been studying dogs for 50 60 years is not gonna be as good at talking to dogs as the pit bull down the street like are they gonna say the same thing absolutely not but (laughs) different different levels of understanding So I think that for me, the kind of
0: take home is it's all normal. Yeah, absolutely. It's all normal. It's just some of it might make you uncomfortable. Some of it might not be helpful in whatever the situation is, but it's actually all within the range of normal most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like true pathologies in this, in kind of dog directed behavior are rare. Yeah. I've definitely had dogs whose behavior towards other dogs was problematic because of the kind of world we live in. Yeah. Um, But I think true pathologies are really uncommon. And if we all, you know, knowledge is power, right? So if we all knew a little bit more about body language, we might be more comfortable with the things that, you know, I encourage people to do like off-leash exercise or remedial socialization for reactivity is a huge thing that i do yeah um, or recommend that people do and people people get mad yeah people are very upset when i suggest these things and i think it comes down to not understanding what they're looking at
1: right absolutely for sure and you know it's i think uh, a big part of it is so much that humans are verbal first and physical Mm. language second and dogs are the reverse and so when we're looking at dogs and we're going well he just growled at that other dog and that dog left so they don't like each other like no (laughs) i know that's what you heard but there's so 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 much more and so i think that in between the lines understanding when like people don't get it or people don't see it then it's like i don't think so this isn't for me and and so it's let them talk to each other not scream at each other not fight at each other not like just curse at each other for the next four hours but that that level of discomfort is okay to a certain amount you know it's like that that distress tolerance level of yeah, I, I do want my dog to spend time with a dog who's going to go, uh, I don't like you. No, really, I said I don't like you. I'm not going to mm-hmm. shove them in a closet together, but <laughs> I am going to go, oh, yeah, we can go on, you know, the local trail for four miles. Sure. Yeah, let's definitely do yeah. that. Yeah. I think
0: it's important, and I think um, that, again, people's comfort level tends to be the issue, and their understanding tends yes. to be why their comfort level is an issue. Yeah. Um like my dog Felix is there's always a barrier between him and my puppy and will be till she's probably I don't know 4 months old. It kind of depends mm-hmm. on her. Mm-hmm. Um he's doing fantastic with her, so I think it'll be sooner than later, but that that we relax things. But sometimes the barrier is a muzzle. Like, yeah. we're all out in the woods together. He's just wearing a muzzle. Yeah. And I've had a lot of people kind of go, you know, oh, my God, why, what, why is he in a muzzle? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And the reason he's in a muzzle is just for me to be able to kind of stay out of it and relax. Right. And not micromanage because yeah. he's actually doing fantastic. I don't put muzzles on dogs and then just allow, allow them to, like, run amok and bite and attack right things right like that's not the point that's not what it's for (laughs) yeah absolutely it's it's a safety precaution um what's really interesting to me is that this puppy can see his facial expression clearly even in the muzzle oh cool the last puppy that i raised i raised for my sister seemed not to huh well, what's fascinating about that is she's a pug, Boston Cross. So she has less facial expressions herself that right. are readable by other dogs.
1: Huh. Um, That's really interesting. Cool.
0: So, big question mark. No idea. Yeah. Where, you know, is that a genetics thing or is that a, again, she's set up to communicate more other ways because of the way our body is made. And then her mother and littermates' bodies were made the same way. Right. And so her early experiences were more about that. I used to go, does she not see that curled lip right. under that muzzle? This puppy sees it. Right. I can see it across the field. So I, right. you can see it. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, just fascinating differences too. And you had kind of said something smart about, okay, if you've been in border terriers forever, you probably know a border terrier breeder and you can probably go see a border terrier litter. But man, how smart is it to go see litters that are not? Yeah. breeds that you're familiar with yeah absolutely really smart especially you know you have really particular dogs you have sighthounds and man a sighthound litter looks so different from a labrador litter
1: oh yeah hugely and right? like i i started as like a pitbull bully person like i Ooh. i either wanted a shepherd or a pitbull and mm-hmm. I, after working with shepherd, uh, working with bullies in the shelter, I was and like, you were in the, then you were in the shelter, and yeah. you were like, yeah, actually, I want to come home to something else. Yes, and and that's <laughs> you know a big part of it was that it was, um, watching sight hounds interact. Where I'm like, oh, this is way different from pit bulls, but like not that different. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. the between like. Jerk seasoning and curry seasoning, like it's still spicy, but (laughs) but it's a completely different level. (laughs) And and so yeah, that that difference between like breed types, I think, is really really important. And like you were saying, like the pugs already kind of have like a wrinkly face, so maybe just like "Mm, whatever, my face wrinkly, your face wrinkly, we're (sighs) probably fine, right? (laughs) Yeah, and most of the time, pugs
0: are. Yeah, like I. I'm trying to think of a pug with an aggression problem that, and I, I don't think I've met one.
1: No, no.
0: It's extremely rare. Right. So what is it like chicken or the egg? I don't even know because I've met plenty of boxers that have problems. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And same facial um, construction. Yeah. I was, I was telling a client um who she's got, she has silken windhounds and one of the dogs you know, was basically accosted by a a doodle or whatever on the trail. And she's like, how do I help her, you know, be okay with that kind of thing? And I was like, you just, you protect her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because she's
0: never going to, yeah, she's this, she's like this introvert who's like this cowboy's running up to her and giving her a hug. Like she does not need to be comfortable with that. Yeah, She needs to know that you have her back in that situation.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's so hugely important. Like if I could just like print like tiny little words of wisdom to give every dog person, that would definitely be in the top five. Like you are your dog's advocate first and foremost before literally everything else. And um, yeah, it's really important for people to understand what their dog is saying and when those requests are are you know sort of hey i'd really like this and when those requests are like i need this and when those requests are going to become demands yeah. and when demands are going to become warnings you know and so people who are like oh well he's terrible i like, actually he's great for a pit bull mm-hmm. um <laughs> if i met a golden who act like this i'd be concerned but he's oh, in a room with six yeah. other dogs and he's doing great and every now and then he growls and bounces around that's amazing for a bully breed if you had a king charles cavalier who played like that we need to talk to a vet (laughs) would probably be
0: it would probably indicate a high level of discomfort i think it would be helpful if we talked about some specifics like if like you were just saying maybe the dog is asking for space demanding space and now taking space like You described that uh, beagle mix you were working with earlier so, so beautifully. What about, um, so if I'm walking my dog and a dog is running up, what should I be looking for in both my dog and that other dog? What are some, like, specifics to know, we'll start with to know that everything's going to be fine?
1: Yeah, Um, I think... The, the sort of first thing to know is, is to make sure that your dog is going to be safe, right? Um, and then yeah. the second is make sure you're safe. And so like, don't throw yourself in between them. Like, I'll protect you <laughs> with my entire leg. Like, okay, it might work, right. but also right. you're not going to go on a whole lot more walks with your dog if you do that. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think looking to your dog, you know, being aware of your dog's body language, being aware of, their emotional state, you know, is it the first walk of the day and it's eight o'clock in the morning and they're like, Oh my God, I got to do stuff. I got to do stuff. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Or is it 6 PM and you've already been out at a friends with them all day. And now they're like, I'm so tired. And this walk is great, but okay. You know, being, knowing that before anything, um, is, is really important because that's going to color that language response. Um, so Okay, there's you know you're walking your dog you know you're walking your icy puppy and a gigantic lab thing comes bounding over. Mm-hmm. Okay, well labs are really tone deaf, <laughs> and so if your icy yeah. puppy is going I don't know I'm backing up I'm not sure and mm-hmm. lab is going ha 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 I want to like play with you and maybe put your whole body in my mouth then mm-hmm. then you then you need to consider how to keep your puppy safe and change that other dog's body language and frame of mind in a way to do so so like one of the really big things you know for that sort of interaction and i know again this is super super hotly debated is throw some ready for it Throw some, food at, throw some yeah. food at the dog. Just throw some food at the dog, dude. Are you teaching that dog to run up to other dogs? Maybe. That's not your concern. Like, your concern. Am I inciting an allergy response in right. your dog by throwing chicken at it? Maybe. Maybe. Still not my concern. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um. But will it give you an extra 15 seconds to mm-hmm. pick your puppy up and put her on, you know, the hood of a car that's next to you or, yeah. you know, and or put her under your arm and, you know know. step on that other dog's leash then that's a lot of time immediately makes that dog's body
0: language change from one of like charging bull to
1: soft sniffing yeah and even if they don't eat it it doesn't matter they're still going oh that's not what i was expecting it still stops them a second and they will sniff a second right
0: um absolutely gives you a minute
1: yeah absolutely um and you know being sort of aware of the basics of of bi-language kind of things obviously like the the book that i mentioned earlier i adore um another book and it just came out a couple months ago um is um lily chin uh mm, yeah, like, yeah it is the most adorable book <laughs> but it's a book on you know our cartoons perfectly explain yes So many things. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, having something like that, or even just knowing two or three, okay, well, my dog is not retreating, but they're actively picking up a paw and looking away. That's not a dog who wants to play. Um, if the other dog is not listening, then you you know how urgent the matter is. If the dog comes over and stops from 15 feet away and barks and barks and barks and barks and barks, and barks then that dog probably just also wants space. So leave. <laughs> um being being really aware of of both kind of emotional levels of, of both dogs is probably your best bet in those situations, for sure.
0: Yeah and kind of some basics that I think are easy for everybody to look for is you want to see what I call dancy feet. You want to see yeah. feet that don't stop moving. Yeah. Right. So when our feet are still, or maybe like you mentioned, we're holding one up. Yeah. We are, um, we're uncomfortable on either one end of the spectrum or another end yeah. of the spectrum. So like when my border collie is in a full on crouch and is frozen staring at the poor innocent dog coming down the trail. Yeah. That's not nice he isn't actually going to attack them, but they don't know that. Right. That's really predatory. Right. They don't know that border collars are just wired wrong and are weird. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like, I remember, um, I went to a seminar with Sue Sternberg who we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. and one of the things she said that I really, really liked about body language is the longer there's a period of stillness, the bigger the, uh, like explosion of activity uh-huh. is going to be. um. And so if there's play bow, okay, let's go. Woo. Yeah. yeah. If it's Constant motion. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, I see that dog and now I'm just staring and the other dog is also just staring and they're barely moving towards each other. W- whatever's going to happen when they get close to each other is going to be an explosion. And like you were saying on one end of the spectrum or the other, you hope for yeah. the good end. You hope for them to go. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah, I'm so excited to see you. Do you really want to try that with a dog you don't know? Nah. (laughs) you you don't, you don't.
0: And helping your dog to not look threatening to other dogs might involve cueing scatter and throwing food so that they lower their head. It might involve cueing them to turn back to you and kind of keeping their feet moving, moving them around. Like that's all really helpful um, to the other dog. Obviously you can't control the other dog or the person that's attached to that other dog but you can definitely empower yourself with knowledge here so that you feel better about these interactions that yeah. happen. Yeah. Um out on trails, I feel pretty good about my dogs interacting with random dogs that we come across when we're out in the woods. I can tell typically from pretty far away and my eyesight is not good. <laughs> um <laughs> But I can tell I can tell usually by the person's body language if they're nervous. Yeah, there's probably a reason. I need to collect my dogs. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, if there's no person around, I'm watching the dog. Are its feet moving? Is its mouth kind of in a smile, like a smiley pant? Yeah. Or is it tight? Or is it tight closed? The more kind of fluid movement in the dog, the yeah. safer I feel. Yeah, I like that.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, and I think everybody can feel a little bit better by watching for those that fluid movement and and know that the kind of stiff or still body postures are also normal absolutely yeah you don't need to panic necessarily but it might mean yeah if you got a little dog pick it up put your hand on your food put your other hand on your spray shield maybe and you know be ready for whatever the interactions are
1: yeah definitely um, one of the other things that I, I tell people a lot, um, especially if it's, especially since COVID has been a thing and people are, are out <laughs> with their dogs, which means that there's dogs. Who, a lot more yeah, suddenly. So many. Um, and like my Yorkie is, has gotten so, so, so much better since I got her, but she's still a terrier. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she's, and a raptor. she's also a dinosaur. Yeah. She's That's also a dinosaur. Right. Um, yeah. and so she is absolutely reactive on leash. She's reactive off leash. She just wants other dogs to know that she's like the best thing since sliced bread. And if you don't listen to her from 200 feet away, she will get closer and yell. And so like being being aware of that sort of body language and the easiest thing to block it is to literally just have an umbrella and open mm-hmm. the umbrella. Because if there's you're again, it's that, you're creating an extra five seconds. There's a dog charging at you. Your dog's going, "Oh, I'm gonna tell him," and the other dog's gonna go, "I'm gonna tell him." And you open the umbrella. It's a weird noise. It's a loud, sudden movement, and you're blocking that vision for long enough where you buy yourself an extra couple of seconds for the person to go, "Oh, he's friendly," and for you to go, "I don't care," <laughs> or enough for you to throw food and be able to leave. You know, it's that. It's that creating those extra couple of seconds for you to to act and same with like if you're just by yourself um be be stopping being able to create that visual barrier where the dog's gonna go ah yeah. ah i was i'm really mad at you but like you went on the other side of that car so now i'm gonna yeah, go be like, mad at something else it's
0: totally it's like the ability to just kind of snap everybody out of it for a second is yeah. huge right yeah. it's like a, it's a movie scene you've got somebody like charging off to go do something they shouldn't do. And then like a person stops them. A person is like, hey, who they didn't expect to show up, right? And like says, hey, like think about what you're doing, right? Um, It can be the most helpful thing to just kind of give everybody a second. The umbrella is a great tool. The umbrella spray shield food. Like these are the three things that I think if you have at least one of those things, you're gonna be in pretty good shape getting really fluent with the use of the umbrella is will be important if you want to use that and as well as teaching your dog that not to run away yeah, <laughs> when yeah. you pop open the umbrella Right, exactly um, so like that
1: can be really easy right just pop it open drop food right exactly like there's yeah. um my wince right puppy shortly after i got her um I remember what, I think the umbrella like popped open randomly we were outside and it was like smack in the middle of her first familiar period. And she was like, everything is death and nothing is going to happen good ever again. And I'm just going (laughs) to curl up in this corner and die. Um, And I can relate. Tell her that I know the feeling. Right, like I'm not mad about it. (laughs) And so we got to, you know, the point where I was literally getting like the tiniest umbrellas and stuffing them full of food and then just leaving it on the other side of the gate for her to have that mm. space and go, well, that thing's kind of cool. And then working up to opening the umbrella and suddenly hot dogs fall out. And she's like, mm-hmm. what? this is amazing. Okay, cool. <laughs> and, and you yeah. know, doing those sorts of training things, it doesn't have to be like, all right, we're getting ready for a rally. But seeing what your dog's language response is to, you know, okay, we're training and dog is getting frustrated what are they doing? You know, we were working on touch to palm and your dog was going, well, I don't, I don't get, I don't understand. And they're snuffling and sniffing the floor. Well then, okay. It's something that you're not saying in quite the right way. Like you missed a, you missed a verb or like you had a run on sentence or something. How can you change the way you're communicating for them to go? Okay, thanks. Cause I was trying to tell you that I didn't get it and now I get it. Cool. good. Sure. Yeah, and that's that, you know, again, knowing,
0: sniffing, and looking around is a conflict avoidance type of thing, and confusion is hard for them to take. Will help you as well. I think a lot of people go, Well, my dog's distracted. And I would argue they're not necessarily distracted, they're deliberately trying to change what's going on, right? Um, (laughs) Well, we have hit like a lot of bases here. Um, let's go ahead and wrap
1: up. Yeah. Um, you tell so you can find me They can find um, on Facebook. I'm the only Alua Damie on Facebook. <laughs> Actually, no, that's a lie. There's one other, um, but there is somewhere in like Southern Nigeria. <laughs> so you could probably assume that one isn't me. Uh, um, I'm one of three admins over at Inclusivity in dog training. Um, that's where I spend most of my like social media time. Have you, because you're mentioning that and I love that yeah. you're mentioning that. Um, so give it us was a quick, pretty much born what that is. out of last year, kind of in the middle of the BLM protests of us, uh, a lot of, um, people of color, especially black people of color going like, there's no, like, it's, it's a feeling of helplessness. It's okay. Well, mm-hmm. there's, there's literally nothing we can do to change uh, mm. where we are and how the world perceives us. And so because the dog community, even though it has his ups and downs, um, is so much an important part of my life. And I've made so many good connections. It's important to me. And so I see that as like, a, okay, well, I cannot fix the world, but like, maybe with a lot of hard work and time and patience, we might be able to fix a tiny corner of the dog professional community. Um, and so we started the group just as a general round table discussion. It quickly exploded to like 2000 plus people and we we're like, oh God. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a place for non-BIPOC black or indigenous people of color to see just what what is happening in the life of, of uh, BIPOC in the dog world or just in general um, to to say oh, okay so I really would like to try to enact change I don't know what I'm doing um, to see actionable steps to see someone saying this thing super frustrates me and for, for white people to go oh I didn't realize that was a difficult thing I'm going to not do that anymore and then make sure that other people understand it too yeah. um, so that's kind of where it is right now we have of course all these grandiose plans that we want to like be a nonprofit and have a podcast and blah 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 <laughs> take over yes
0: yes it's an important place the fact that it exploded yeah. to 2,000 yeah. members yeah. like overnight tells you how needed it was right and how important it was and I can just see just being a mostly silent member of the group how much work it is and how much work y'all put into it. And it's just every day when I check in on there, I see how important these conversations are. Um, And I see it is a very stark reality of how these conversations are not happening other places so i encourage everybody to go over there anybody can join there are rules that you need to follow to be in the group um and so i will link the actual facebook group and then you can go you can ask to join you go through a series of questions
1: and then you get approved to join and then and you need to yeah and they're not like scary questions it's not like I demand uh, like seven to 10 page paper um, on scary. your experiences of what <laughs> right, exactly it's literally just like, what are you, can you read? Doing to come you know racism? that this is going to be uncomfortable? <laughs> are you okay with that? Are you accepting that this uh, is a platform for yeah. people who haven't had a voice to have a voice? Cool. Cool. All right, let's go. <laughs> It's important. Yeah. It's a great. It's a great um, place to be. So I will definitely.
0: I am that. also at um, um. And then what else? Where my else my,
1: my baby dog training business, um, Afro pup training, uh, which is on Facebook, and we'll have a website, I- imminently. Uh, <laughs> um, if I give myself a deadline, then I'll actually do it. Right. <laughs> um. Because Facebook, Facebook and works so until then. That's, that's, you that's know, fine. obviously. That's right kind of born out of necessity because of COVID, um, but also something I really wanted to do for a really long time. And it's, you know, it's a chance to reach a lot of people and to teach a lot of people things. Um, Body language is is definitely, I mean, I love dogs, right? So like, I love literally any conversation that is about dogs. But I, I think by learning about body language is something that's really key for dog human interactions so that's something that i yap about on there a lot um well i will link all of thank you i could literally talk about this for the next like five hours
0: (laughs) 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 i mean we we had several potential segues so we'll definitely have to have you back to talk about one of those thanks for listening Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe in the podcast app of your choice. And if you're interested in supporting this podcast, as well as joining the CogDog Radio community, head over to patreon.com slash and become a patron for as little as $4 a month. I hope to see you there. Cheers.